Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beat. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. Boop, boop. I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Doc. Good morning, Baymax. Good morning. Hey, everybody. What's up? Yeah, got, not, nothing. <laughs> What's ever up here? I forgot. Yeah. I had all yeah. these, like, uh, uh, news of the world stories to rant about at the beginning of the week. And I'm kind of done with them. Yeah, they all sorted themselves out or just became tedious. Uh, yeah, more the latter. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of all the news I've read this week. Yeah. I've adapted to all of it surprisingly well. Yeah, I'm kind of done with it. Yeah, know. none of it was, none of it was that staggering, you know? Yeah, yeah. Benghazi, Angelina Jolie, who cares? Yeah, I've adapted to all that shit. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. And it's just in time because uh, we're ready to, you know, debut the new format of the show, which is uh, we had so much success with last week's Battleship Potemkin podcast. Okay. It's just from now on, each week, we're just going to review a boat movie. Okay, we're going to do um, uh, Battleship uh, this week. I think Hunt for Red October in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to watch um, either of those. <laughs> Come on, uh, uh, let's, there's, um, I mean, you can send us your favorite boat movie. That's not... But, uh, really we're not doing topics anymore. It's just all going to be boat movies. We'll do Captain Ron. I don't want to um, watch that either. <laughs> well, I, what's, what's your favorite boat movie besides Battleship Potemkin? Um... No, that's, that's the boat movie I like. <laughs> that's the one I like. It's... <laughs> Ironically, uh, man of the sea or not, I am not fond of boat movies. I feel they often portray the sea poorly. I mean... Because it's never about the sea. It's always about the men. And the men aren't really men of the sea. They're men of the stage. (laughs) Well, that's that's true. bullshit. That's a good point. There's not enough men of the sea movies that have men of the sea. I mean, like, even, even when they make a movie based on a real tale of the sea... You know, fucking Titanic oh, with yeah. its staggering attention to detail Titanic's and its glorious reconstruction yeah. of the ship itself. You know, sure. what did they do? They put these two fucking teenagers on it and had them fucking some stranger's car. Fuck you. Oh yeah, there was a lot of painting and dining carts and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. like dining carts. Is they on a train? <laughs> well, like. They had, like, dining rooms, I guess. Yeah. I guess they yeah. were really carts. Well, the dining room was real. Yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio being in it was not. No. He, Leonardo DiCaprio was not on the real Titanic. That's true. Nor was Jack, whatever his name was. Tripper. Yeah, Jack Tripper. Yeah. He was I was going to say Jack Sparrow. That's not any better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was He was on... This was before he got, you know, two wacky roommates. Look, the... the <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he needed a laugh after that experience. Yeah, yeah. Look, the point is... That's what... If you've ever seen the original pilot, okay, to Three's Company, right? We're like, okay. Because in the... In, uh, 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 Chrissy and Janet, like, throw a party... Okay, for like a friend of theirs, and uh, they're, oh, oh, I remember, uh, one of their roommates is getting married, so they're having like a bon voyage, you know, engagement kind of party, or like wedding reception or whatever, so it's like, oh, we need a third roommate, and then at the, they like, they don't know what to do, and then the next morning after the party, they, they wake up and they go to the bathroom, and Jack Tripper is passed out in the bathtub like he forgot to leave and no one noticed him. And then through wacky consequences, like, you be our third roommate. And, like, they never say where Jack Tripper came from before he passed out in the bathtub. He was on the Titanic. He survived. And 
Now, I didn't say anything during that whole speech. I held my tongue. Because what just happened is the most perfect encapsulation of what happens on this show. Because I said the point is, and was about to make my point about boat movies, you interrupted me to tell a very long story about an episode of Three's Company. Yeah. That's that's how I live my life. <laughs> the point was, you can't just change the format like that without telling me first. Oh, I did that not happen? You did not tell me that. I mean, oh. you, you wrote it on the whiteboard. I figured you, that counts. You come to this kitchen, it's on the whiteboard. I don't think anything on the whiteboard counts. <laughs> that's a good point. We don't stick by it very often. We very rarely do anything that that we suggest to ourselves on the whiteboard. Yeah, no, there's the whole logo for our cock blocking business right up there. Yeah. We haven't started that yet. Uh, I've got a note to myself that this summer I'm going to antler up the joint. <laughs> I still want you to do that, though. Well, yes, I mean, to use I, antlers in all of one's decorating is a very use, manly thing to do. I think you should use antlers in the decorating. All of the decorating. This apartment is not manly enough. No, no, I no. I, I, I mean, we got it, some you know? we got some wood paneling, but you know that's there's no pieces of dead things. Yeah, no, we need I mean, antlers all over the place. I guess wood paneling is a piece of dead thing, but it's a dead yeah. tree. You didn't have to catch it. Yeah, you don't have to catch a tree. Yeah, yeah. Well, the point is, chances are I'm not going to come across a lot of antlers between now and the end of summer. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be like like if you just need antlers, but you don't want to hunt deer and stuff. Like, you know how uh, it, up in the north, like in the Tunderlands, there's like uh, a moose and caribou that actually use their antlers to fight? Like, in, in like rutting season when they like charge each other over to get the best females? Yeah. And like, when they're all clashing antlers all the time, there's gotta be like free antlers you can go up and get afterwards. Like, after a good day of deer fighting? Look, I'm going to be honest. I will happily use fake antlers, okay? Oh. I mean, yeah, it's less manly, but whoever comes here? Uh, that's a fair point. You know, who's going to see him? Nobody comes here. This place sucks. But I feel like if we had a lot of antlers, I'd probably do more photo blogging because you could take pictures with antlers in the background. Yeah, so I'm saving you from that by not uh, doing this. But I, I still wanted, if we have, like, any listeners who are, like, up in the, you know, Great White North near where the moose battle, I want to know the situation of, of free antler foraging. Because that might be, like, an untapped resource for, like, decorating. Like, maybe you don't have to kill moose all the time. Maybe there's there's just moose antlers around. Or, if you follow Doc on Twitter and want your Twitter feed to continue to not suck and not be cluttered up with a bunch of photos, (laughs) then don't send us antlers. Or, maybe you want my Twitter feed to have antlers in it. You know, we'll we'll give the public whatever they want. Antlers, no antlers, you guys decide. Yeah, man, six seconds of shaky antlers every day. You'll never (laughs) get sick of that. You know what? If I had uh, uh, all the moose antlers I could use, I, I might... Sign up for Vine. Well, I mean, I watch six seconds of you wearing them. I could totally do that. I could even put antlers on the John Chimpo costume, make him some kind of, you know, nature mutant. You know what? 
We're doing our topic, okay? <laughs> oh, right. We're not doing a boat movie, and we're never <laughs> doing another boat movie unless somebody submits it as a proper topic, and oh my god, you guys don't. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a request. Just don't. I mean, like, you send us topics at topicsatthebeat.org. Yeah, email those, and and you can follow us on uh, breakfastwiththebeak.tumba.com and facebook.com slash breakfastwiththebeak, and you yeah. can follow us on Twitter at thebeak and at Doc Heisenberg. Indeed. And at Beak Network. Yes. Yeah. And those are all good ways to send us topics about anything. Don't be reined in by a certain type of movie. <laughs> That's true. So let's roll today's non-boat topic, God help us. Okay. All right. Never thought you would ruin boats for me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, you can keep rolling. That's just I'm the, not sure I the can. Music. We've been waiting for you. Do, 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 roll a topic for you. <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> Not even a good roll. <laughs> What's Eleven's company, Johnny? The Big Bang Theory, and then in parentheses, the show. Oh, okay. And then colon. Harmful or just bad? <laughs> Submitted by Nick in Philadelphia, friend of the show. Thank you, Nick. We basically have a huge number of your topics still on the list, so we're going to be doing a lot of you from now on. Yeah, all right, Nick topics. Now, I have a problem with this particular Nick topic. Okay. Uh, uh, just at, at, at the start, which is that it implies a bias beforehand. Well, it's a bias I have, so... That's not the point. That's not the point. It says, harmful or just bad. Now, you don't know that we think that... I mean, if you could, if the the topic was, you know, what do you think about the fact that a lot of people don't like the show The Big Bang Theory, you know, then that's an open-ended. But don't tell us how we feel about a thing. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. It's an either-or question. Uh-huh. They might be giants or bare-naked ladies. They might be giants. You don't like the show. <laughs> I didn't say I did. I'm saying don't tell me what to think beforehand. You've been retweeted by them. No, they might be Giants rules, okay? That's that's not in question. They're one of the best bands ever, and they've stayed true to form for nigh on 30 years. Yeah, well... They Might Be Giants is amazing. And if you're not a fan of They Might Be Giants, that's up to you. But or your soul is dead, whatever. <laughs> yeah, or you just don't know how to have fun. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's not the point. I mean, if you just said Big Bang Theory, the show, then we're still probably going to shit all over. Oh, it. I totally would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, that, you know, it's it's a little insurance to make sure I get good and furious. I guess because that's what the public likes. Oh, that in the sock. <laughs> oh yeah, because there's a real risk of you liking something. Yeah, I know. You know, I I liked my Bradley Cooper impression. Nobody else did. Oh yeah, you know what? We should have him back on the show because Hangover Three is coming out. Soon. Oh God, let's not. Okay. <laughs> you guys vote on Twitter. Anyway, let's do this. Topic All right. Well, let's first. talk about the Big Bang Theory. Let's, uh, um, let's actually start. Yeah. With the 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 question I posed to you. Uh huh. Who does the theme song of the Big Bang Theory? Uh, it would be the Bare Naked Ladies. Yes, it would. It yeah. would. And that is the sort of band for you know. I don't want to say nerds who don't want to commit, uh-huh. so much as it's the sort of band who are for people who, you know, it's a very hard thing to define, mm-hmm. but it's got an air of sort of Midwestern youth group something for everyone-ishness about it. 
I mean, I feel like bare naked ladies are kind of safe, mm. like the safe kind of weird. Yeah. Versus something like Zappa, Ooh. which is uh, a dangerous kind of weird. Zappa is pure weird injected into your eyeball. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm creating a pattern here, but Zappa fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's not immediately accessible. Nor should he be. No, no. You shouldn't just... If, if you're going to, you know, attempt to use a substance, you shouldn't start injecting it in your eyeball. You build to that. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You get tolerance, and then you need it that way. Right. <laughs> to be fair, though, I haven't kept close watch on the on the uh, career of the Bare Naked Ladies the way I have with Ben, like, you know, They Might Be Giants. It's yeah. like, I don't know what their last album sounded like. I assume they still make albums. I haven't really looked into it. Who but, knows? Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell you that answer either because no. I, I feel like I'm I'm surrounded in my life with a lot of people who I trust on things like this. Mm-hmm. And if they had become amazing, someone would have mentioned it. That's a fair point. Yeah, and uh, and the point is that theme song sets the tone for the the entire tone of the series and uh, to an extent the fandom. I mean, you know, they've they've got some sort of peripheral fandoms that are more tolerable but then they've got some that are fucking atrocious well devil's advocate some people have spoken very highly of the show people like Neil deGrasse Tyson yeah and Stephen Hawking well yeah and Leonard Nimoy you know like people you could trust in general their judgment those are all people whose judgment i generally trust right but i mean part of that is just the the sheer improbability Mm-hmm. Of it being a hit mainstream network show. Right. Where all of the central characters pretty much, I don't want to say constantly, uh-huh. but frequently just say organized religion is crap across the board. That's a fair point. You know, I mean, the, the, the fact that the show is successful is kind of mind-boggling with that fact taken into account. To be fair, I know a couple things about this show, and one of the ways they skirt around it is two of the main characters are Jewish, and one of them is Indian. So there are fewer attempts to slam Christendom than there would be on your average American show. There are, and that basically puts three of the main characters growing up in households that are either more flexible or don't give a shit, I mean, if we're being honest here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there is one main character that's very anti-Jesus-y, though, so... Yeah. Yeah, the fact that you get that at all is something. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it does not come out much. But then again, you know, you've got... you've had, There have been sitcoms over the years where, you know, the lesson is, oh, don't, don't take it too far, where you've got, like, the judgmental Christian neighbor or whatever. Oh, sure. And that person is easy to make a bad guy because it's like, don't worry, we, we do it the right way. Right. You know, this guy, this guy who does it this other way, he's definitely a bad guy, don't worry. And, you know, it's all, it's all coming from the same source. It's right. I mean, I, I feel like in general, American sitcoms go more towards the don't rock the boat philosophy. Yeah. It's like a character like Angela on The Office is sort of looked down upon for being super Christian. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's it's not that anyone else on the show has a huge moral code. It's just kind of, eh, don't go too far anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that character has other flaws, other qualities that are really creepy, and a very inconsistent take on her own religious morality. It's That's all very true. interesting. I yeah. Mean, 
if it wasn't for the fact that the character didn't start getting a lot of screen time until the bad seasons, there would be a lot to talk about here. Well, the, yeah, then we're not talking about The Office, but TV in general. TV in general, and yeah. the Big Bang Theory in particular. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and part of it is just my own bias against your your t- your traditional three-camera laugh track sitcom. Well, this is what has got me puzzled. Okay. Okay. Because it, it, in almost every way, probably in every way, if I if we're being you know blunt here, it is a traditional sitcom. Yeah. What confuses me is the the level of vitriol it has inspired in uh, you know various audiences all over the internet. Like people get so much more angry about this particular sitcom. Then about 95% of all other sitcoms which follow the exact same format. I'm not talking about the creative ones like, you know, like Always Sunny or Community or something. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about all the fucking laugh track sitcoms. Your Full House, your Cosby Show. Well, a lot of those shows have the advantage of not being on anymore. Yeah, but even the current ones, you're... I don't know what sitcoms are on now. See, because this one, The Big Bang Theory, is the biggest one. It's the king of them, you know? Oh, okay, okay. What about... Um, there are also just fewer sitcoms on now. But, like, uh, um, Two Broke Girls, or How I Met Your Mother, those shows. Hate or, <laughs> or um, uh, the whatever the new Charlie Sheen vehicle is. Or oh. the old one, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. Those are all traditional sitcoms with a dumb laugh track. Yeah. Uh, you know, no... Plot development over endless numbers of episodes. Until, I mean, every so often when they need to boost the ratings, they do the fucking wedding or baby episode. And then it's just like, hey, what character was at the center of that? Good news, you get to stagnate and be boring as shit for the entire rest of the series. Well, yeah, and that's not even really a story. I mean, having a baby or getting married, those are like the two most mundane things you can do in life. Yeah, people do that all the time. Yeah, it's like, where's where's the drama in that? A vast majority of people are equipped with at least half the stuff to make a baby. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, you know, good luck. You know, working that one out. Anything make can make a baby. Squirrels make babies. Oh my god, so many squirrels! They must make tons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squirrels make babies all the time. That's yeah. not really a story. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, frogs lay like a billion eggs. It's ridiculous. I mean, I think we can easily agree that traditional sitcom formats suck. You know, to a certain extent, it's like well. This is a form that was like the conventional way of doing sitcoms for a long time. Some people did it better. Some people did it worse. Some of them legitimately had good writing and stuff. Yeah. But at this point, I just sort of feel like we've moved beyond it. Like if somebody says, oh, there is a three-camera laugh track sitcom Mm -hmm. that is brilliant. It's got the best writing on TV. It's the funniest thing on TV. Yeah. I would still not watch it, not even because of, like, prejudice against the form. Uh Uh-huh. But... Because I just don't want that form to persist. And that's totally fine. It's not like, oh, it can't be funny. I'm sure it's hilarious, but I don't think they should have made it that way. No, I'm totally with you on that, okay? And I totally understand hating that. What I don't understand is why people hate Big Bang Theory ten times as much as they hate all the other sitcoms that are exactly like it. Like, it just seems disproportionate. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of, I think... Like, we don't, we don't get podcast topics about, like, man, I'm pissed off at three and a half men. Man, two broke girls is awful. And those shows do suck. Yeah. But, like, why is this the one that inspires so much rage? Well, one, because, as I said, it's sort of the, the top of the three-camera sitcom pyramid right now. 
All right, that's fair. It's yeah, an easy so, target. Yeah, it's it's just sort of representative, and its continued success continues to imply viability mm-hmm. to the format. Well, that's fine. You know, so that that's an issue as well. I mean, like, you know, oh, th- this show is very successful. Therefore, the television audience still needs to be tricked into thinking it's vaudeville. Right. You know, but but beyond that, I think part of it is, like, just sort of the horror at seeing things you love repackaged for your grandparents. See, that, I think, is closer to the key. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, when there's something that you love and then you see a dumbed-down version of it being sold to, you know, your parents and the guy who used to give you wedgies Uh and they love it, it's like, wait a minute. Now, if you guys don't know what we're talking about at this point, the the format of the sitcom is there's a group of friends, like... Because sitcoms only have one of two things. It's it's a group of friends or slash co-workers or a family. Yeah. Right? Um, so it's a group of friends that are, several of them have science-y professions. Yeah. And they're into things like comic books and superhero movies and Star Trek and Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to, like, big fat husbands who play football. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they, I, I obviously... People who like those kinds of things mm-hmm. get very, very precious about them. Is that fair to say? I think, yeah, I mean, using uh, <laughs> precious as an adjective meaning golem-like, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Like, if you're a, a D&D fan, and I'm cool with D&D, D&D's fun, I especially like listening to podcasts where people play it. I enjoy those as well. Yeah, but, like, if you're into D&D, you're, like... It's a very complicated thing that's a huge mental investment. It is. Masters of the game, by which I don't just mean the dungeon master, but I mean experienced players. Right. Spend whole sessions with the book open on their lap. It's just that much shit happening. Exactly. It's very complicated. So to have a sitcom where you, like, gloss over it in a couple of minutes, uh, uh, timed out by Mm punchlines, is is obviously not going to be a realistic... Yeah interpretation. Exactly. And it's a, it's a thing where a they have to simplify and it's a simplification about a topic particularly adored by people who are very focused on specifics. Yeah. So, you know, you've got the let's call it the lack of verisimilitude. But the thing is, I don't recall seeing outrage at all the like, you know, other professions and interests. Like, uh, I didn't see the Postal Workers Union up in arms about Cliff Clavin. They would have been if he had shot people. That's true. Yeah. But he was an annoying blowhard. Well, that's not a postal worker stereotype. (laughs) It's not, but... Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's not like... Nobody's like, oh man, you know, the mailmen, they're always telling me shit they think is true but isn't. (laughs) God, fucking mailmen. I hope I never have to sit next to another one of those guys. Well, okay. Nobody does that. No, no one does do that. Because that's some shit I just made up right now. Like Cliff Clavin. Yeah, I mean... And you see how you enjoyed it? Because Cliff Clavin was an enjoyable character. Well, I'm more like Cliff Clavin than any mailman I've ever met. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I told that whole bullshit story about the guy from Three's Company being the guy from Titanic. For fuck's sake. (laughs) And that wasn't even planned. No, that was clearly not planned. I think the people at home picked up on that. Yeah. 
But, like, I mean, do you you think it's a little disproportionate? Well, I think it's... how pissed off people... I mean, I get that it sucks. I mean, most sitcoms suck. Big deal. Okay, let's get into this, okay? Okay. When there's a show about doctors, right? Yeah. They usually get a lot of shit wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, doctors love to watch doctor shows and point out all the implausible, ridiculous crap happening, whether related to the medical procedures themselves or just the way the staff conducts themselves in a hospital, mind you, where all the doctors are groping each other and shit. Yeah, I was going to say, are we talking procedural shows, dramas, or comedies? All of the above. Okay. Cause... Every one of those shows is guilty of massive crimes against professionalism. That's fair, yeah. yeah. And doctors love to watch that. But at the same time, there's not a, a grand tradition of in, in both popular culture and culture culture uh-huh. of people just, you know, talking about how much they hate doctors and giving people wedgies for being doctors. That's a... F- yeah, you may have a point. So now it's like, hey, remember these guys who you shit on in high school and who don't come to the reunion and who won't come to any of your funerals one day? Here's a show about them, and you're going to love them. I feel like uh, maybe there's a level of uh, oversensitivity. Not not that, you know, it's not based on, you know, actual unpleasant things that happen, but it's something that people are very touchy about yeah. right now. And and the, the I'm going to have to say the word sooner or later, mm-hmm. nerds, mm-hmm. Uh, on the show are depicted in a lot of ways similar to, you know, bad 80s crap yeah. that... You know, uh, uh, really started the stereotype. You're you're saved by the bell. You're yeah. You're Revenge, Revenge of the, the nerds. nerds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, hell, Revenge of the Nerds had a far more diverse group of nerds than this show because that that movie was much more about you know just the outcast in general banding together. I mean, they did horrible, inexcusable things. Okay, That's we're, true. we're talking illegal surveillance and rape, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they also drugged people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yes, we're talking about. Yes, a, a fraternity of rapists, which yeah. now that I say those words together is not that uncommon. No, but, <laughs> but again, but the thing is, you've got, you know, your, your typical sort of intellectual computer nerds, you've got your, your gross, weird, you know, stoner guy, and you've got, like, the, the gay kid who nobody liked. And they all come together. Yeah, know? the Revenge of the Nerds crew is really... You could just as easily call it Revenge of the Outcasts. Yeah. And it, it would have been the same story. Exactly. And, you know, this show very much is in that, that sort of 80s nerd, like, nasal-voiced monotone, saying the probabilities for everything, you know. Oh, well, I think there's a 43% chance that this may not end well. And, ugh, ugh, you know. Like, yeah. It's a show about Gooby. I mean... I mean, I would... It's, it's, it gets, like, Professor Frinky in its, you know, yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the whole, like take back the word nerd movement thing yeah. feels like it's gotten too big to make any sense. You know, well, like, it is because, as a word. Because at a certain point, it's like, well, no, no, we have to be a, a big tent. We have to invite in everyone because, you know, hey, everyone's special and unique. So, you know, hey, you know, I'm a nerd for comic books and D&D, but, you know, maybe you're a nerd for football and having sex. No. No. Yeah, no. No, okay, yeah, he knows some statistics, and he does indeed care about having sex a lot, but, I mean, it's not the... Yes, they both buy merchandise, but it's not the same thing. It's like, I'm sorry, Chris Hardwick, but there's a flaw in your logic here somewhere. It's like, it's... 
once you've in- expanded the definition of the word to something that big, yeah, it loses all meaning. At that point, it's, it's just people who are interested in things. At that point, it's just a word for fan. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, you can't exclude non-fan, so it's just a word for person. Right. And then it's barely then it's a word useless anymore. word. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, the, the current state of the fucking Republican Party, right? Okay. You got your laissez... <laughs> I'm actually curious about this. Okay. You got your laissez-faire capitalists, mm-hmm. right? You've got your, you know, uh, uh, religious, you know, psychos and yeah. your racists and your sexists and whatnot. Yeah. You've got your, um, you know, militaristic people and your gun nuts. Okay, yeah. and you got your big business types. Yeah. And they all call themselves Republicans. But they're if you if you actually like broke down, you know, their beliefs and their like what they think are worthwhile issues to focus on. Yeah. There is a, a just a huge wide range of stuff that conflicts. There's a whole lot of we're just going along with this to get these guys on board. Yeah. You know, it's like we care about this one thing. But we're going to give lip service to this other thing so that these other people will also keep us in office. Right. It is in no way a coherent political party anymore because yeah. they're juggling a dozen different political agendas. Yeah. You know, none of which any of them care about all of them. You actually think Mitt Romney gives a fuck who's black or gay or whatever. He just wants to go back to his mansion and sit quietly and yeah. do whatever he does. Yeah, Mitt Romney has met so few people who don't look and act exactly like Mitt Romney. Yeah. It's like, they're like leprechauns to him, okay? Yeah. Mitt Romney thinks gays are leprechauns. Yeah, <laughs> he barely believes they exist, okay? He yeah. just wants to go back to his yachting club, all right? He does and, and then he, I don't... I don't think Mitt Romney hates anyone, really. I think he legitimately does not give a shit. Yeah. And that's like, different than actively hating. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's still kind of a dick thing to do, but he's still kind of a dick. So Sure, he's a dick. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone would contest that. I don't think his friends would contest that. No, they've, they've spoken quite openly about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are people who, you know, actively, you know, hate gay people and, and women and everything in the Republican Party. And there's a clear clash there. Yeah. The point is, like, to keep any sort of, of relevant percentage, they've brought in so many disparate groups the the term Republican now you you can't just say I'm a Republican and have people know what you mean you yeah. know know what you're about as a person you have to categorize it with what kind of Republican you are and yeah. I feel like that's the same with the the quote unquote nerd community oh yeah no I mean the fact that you know Comic Con is so huge because people go there to see trailers for movies and video games, mm-hmm. which are let's just put it out there, not comics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's problem number one right there. It's just hey, everyone gets to go to everything. Yeah, why don't you call it genre media con at this point? Yeah, <laughs> it's just why. Yeah, it's fucking everything con. It's, mm-hmm. Which yeah, great. Okay, sure. You go there to see the trailer for some movie that's never been a comic book. Yeah. Wonderful. However, <laughs> you know, it's like you don't you don't hear about people going to something that is advertised as a Star Trek convention. Mm-hmm. You don't hear people going to those and complaining there's no there's no Wookies. Yeah, exactly. Or or you know, news on the new Evil Dead movie. Yeah. Or a Venture Brothers panel. There's yeah. no Venture Brothers panel at Star Trek Con. That would be stupid. That would be very stupid. <laughs> but Comic-Con pulls all this stuff in. Yeah. And yeah, it's great marketing, 
But at a certain point, is that what you want your thing you like to be? Just being marketed to? Yeah, I mean, that that's what it comes down to. It's a use of the term nerd as person who can be marketed to. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, the comic book nerds, we can sell them comics every week. We can sell them these resin figurines of their favorite characters, and they can sell them costumes of their favorite characters and stuff. And Don't forget movie tickets. Movie tickets when the movie comes out, yeah. Yeah. And yes, okay, to take it the complete opposite direction, you're your football fans. We can sell them the jerseys, and we can sell them the fucking, you know, giant-sized wall cutouts, and we can sell them the tickets to the games and the cable packages and stuff. Yeah. But at that point, it's like, if that's all it takes to make someone a nerd, then you're really only using the word nerd as cash cow to be milked. That's exactly it. You're the only thing you united in is consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is a group of people who buy some shit from us. You know. Yeah, and if fandom is to only be defined as buying shit, yeah. That's horrifying to me. That's Yeah, it's it's and it's it's doing to, you know, uh, enjoying a, a a piece of art. Yeah. What you know, decades ago was done to say Christmas or Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. Christmas isn't a celebration of, of family or religion or whatever. It's it's presents time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Valentine's Day, you don't talk about love. You watch commercials where people buy each other $10,000 rings. Yeah, it's not about love. It's about blackmail. It's about the sword over your head, and you better come up with a good fucking present. Right. You know, florist commercials and shit. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, you know, real thoughtful people don't give a crap about that. But the, yeah. the there's a, a marketing pressure that tries to trick you into thinking you care about that. Yeah. Even setting aside the whole commercialization of fandom or nerddom or whatever. Right. I mean, really, and setting aside the arguments about uh, the viability of the three-camera sitcom format, which I say is done. Sure. Putting all that aside, the the core premise at the very beginning of The Big Bang Theory, from the start, Uh to me has just always seemed utterly poisonous. Okay. Which is, you know, A... Here's some nerds who have been exposed to a conventionally attractive woman. Yeah. Who they are, of course, immediately infatuated with, despite having nothing in common with. Sure. Who is surprisingly willing to listen to them. Right. And who is so very patient as they show her all the things they love. And she realizes, oh, I love these things too. And maybe looks don't matter so much. (laughs) It's the saddest fucking not even high school middle school nerd fantasy because by high school the nerds are all jacking off to the goths yeah that's fair you know yeah yeah it's just the the most tragic oversimplified view of human relations and it's the worst thing i mean and again you know as i said about the yugi loves and as i say about every piece of media we discuss uh-huh is the big bang theory obligated to offer moral instruction? And, yeah, no, it isn't. But at the same time, (laughs) you know, there are so many people on the Internet who want nothing more than to offer moral instruction to nerds. And so many more people on the Internet who who say that nerds require moral instruction, but then when asked, say, it's not my fucking job to educate you. And (laughs) right. So, you know, perhaps the Big Bang Theory does have a certain responsibility to not fuck this up. Um... I, th- I think you're right in that, you know, from from the pilot on, it established itself as just the typical formulaic thing. 
You yeah, know? I mean, it's, and it's like as a representative of a subculture that already has a shit ton of problems representing itself. Yeah, it's not helping anyone. But not at all. I, I wouldn't argue that it ever tried. I feel like. Much like Comic Con markets to movie fans, yeah, it's just it's it's responding, you know, in a very marketing kind of way to an audience that might pay attention to it, yeah. and they did. I mean, and obviously the rebuttal to what I just said is that in later seasons they brought in some some lady nerds, and not just lady nerds, but lady nerds played by icons of lady nerddom on television, which is to say Darlene and Blossom. Uh, yeah, that's true. And on one hand, it's it's good that they brought them in and brought in these actresses who were known for portraying this type of character in the 90s. Uh-huh. But at the same time, there's almost like a crassness to it, like, look, nerds, it's those two girls you had a crush on in high school. <laughs> look, grown-up nerds, it's those two girls who you used to fucking daydream about, and here they are. And it feels like fan service. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what a sitcom is, is shameless fan service. I mean, that's the thing is is I keep coming back to is people get upset about what's in the sitcom, but I would argue never expect anything from a sitcom in the first place. Yeah, it's like let it surprise you if it can. You know how shows like The Office and especially The Simpsons, mm-hmm. you know, went on too long? Like, it stopped being about, you know, an original artistic piece of writing and just became, let's keep this going. Yeah. People keep tuning in. We can come up with some more shit for these people to do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, once anything hits that level, it's like, stop expecting something. And I would, I would extend that to movie franchises, to comic books themselves. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you yeah. really need 800 issues of the same you know, superhero who keeps resurrecting and resetting the timeline. Yeah, and the thing is, every so often there's a great run on a series. Yeah. And it's always by a new writer. Right. Who has this idea for something that hasn't been done before, or who has a better idea for something that has been done before. Yeah. And, you know, people are like, oh, this is great. And what is always the, the common thread in all the all those kind of series is they're limited. You can, when the series is wrapped up, buy a graphic novel or a trade paperback of just those issues collected, and it reads like a book, and it has an ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, hey, if Batman were to really just keep on going for, you know, it, however many years it's gone on, it's like 75 years now, I think, or longer. Yeah. Instead of having to come out every month or every week or however often Batman has come out at various points, depending on how many Batman titles are going at a different point in its history. Right. If Batman only came out when they had a really good idea for a good <laughs> self-contained story, and it's 12 issues and done. Yeah, and then maybe there's nothing for, like, five years yeah. until they get a really good pitch again. Yeah. Like, that would potentially be really cool. Yeah. It's like like Neil Gaiman's Sandman. 75 issues, complete story, done. Yeah. Like, And, I mean, he's done a couple books in the Sandman universe since. He did, you know, a, a collection of stories about the Endless. He did that... Uh, no, that Japanese thing that I don't have the patience to actually read. And he's yeah. doing a new one now. But again, all of those have been good because all of them have been self-contained. It's been, okay, I'm not going to write about these characters every month from now on. I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna wait till I have an idea. I'm going to write that idea. Yeah. And when I run out, I'm going to wait again. Or, or to give a more current example, it's like, 
uh, uh, Game of Thrones is not going to go on for 20 years. It's going to go on until they run out of George R. R. Martin's books. Yeah. Which he's going to write a specific number of, and then the story is going to be done. Yeah. And they can only make as many TV shows as we'll cover that. There's not going to be season 13 you know, yeah. with whatever, Lannister babies or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's not there's not going to be, you know, oh, we have to have some new pairings of the characters that aren't in the books because we run out of books, but we need to keep going. Yeah, no, that yeah. won't happen. And that's good. Yeah. 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 It's the fact that we know, even if we don't know what the ending is, we know that there is one, makes the whole thing way better. Just the fact that a vast majority of HBO shows uh-huh. never reach 100 episodes. Yeah, and, and are also to. very highly thought of. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I to wrap up, I guess. Yeah. Is what was Nick's original question? Harmful or just bad? I'm gonna say just bad. You know, I want I want to believe harmful. I really do. I have a poster that says I want to believe it was just pictures of the Big Bang Theory guys like shooting people, uh-huh. but uh, no, just bad. I think. I think just. I think it's just it's just. I just don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I think anyone who gets angry about it more than they would get angry about any other sitcom is kind of overlooking just mediocrity yeah. in general. I, I mean, even if we want to get into, you know, the, the gender politics of the Big Bang Theory or the, the, the social theories espoused by the Big Bang Theory, uh-huh. those are just as hideous in most other sitcoms. That's exactly it. You can't point at a single thing in this show that hasn't happened in a hundred other sitcoms yeah. that suck just as much. And the only argument you can make is that, you know, since nerds are watching this, it's like, uh-oh, this is going out to an audience that's going to, you know, get a bad example from it. And it's like, you know what? They're fucking adults, okay? Yeah. I don't care what ambiguous disorder they've died Notes themselves with, okay, they're, they're <laughs> fucking adults. They made it far enough in life to be able to read the kind of books that talk about those disorders. So <laughs> their vocabulary is at least that good. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they're not learning bad lessons from this show. Maybe they were just dicks already. Yeah, and if you're going to learn a bad lesson, you can learn bad lessons Anywhere, yeah. okay? Uh, how many shows about dumb husbands, dumb wives? Dumb husbands and their horrible wives who will lie to them and then get mad when the husband doesn't figure out what she means. You've literally just described 500 sitcoms. Yeah. Okay? Sitcoms in general are setting a, a bad example. There's dumb caricatures. That's all. Yeah. Big fucking deal. There's... Well, exactly. I mean, whether or not... This one is, you know, portraying a certain community in a bad light. It's like, oh my god. Let's, let's go over the list of, let's say, much more marginalized communities who have been portrayed in bad lights by sitcoms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ever see uh, a show called Good Times? Oh, have I ever? <laughs> you ever see a show called Mama's Family? Oh, have I ever? <laughs> Do I need to go on? You can talk about the little squirrely guy on Will and Grace. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Will and Grace. That was yeah. a popular show. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I think just... <laughs> Bad, but pretty bad Yeah, is the verdict here. But you know what? If you feel like your particular demographic is being discriminated against, take a fucking number because they all have been. You can fight this by 
Not watching sitcoms? I was going to say making a better show. I mean, yeah, oh. you'd have to do it on YouTube or whatever, but I mean, if it's good. <laughs> hey, yeah. Good. We'll advertise it on here. Nobody listens to us, but, you know, we did every every drop helps. If you want to send us an ad, we'll play an ad. Yeah, We're we, pretty liberal about that. We got nothing to do. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Until next week, seriously, we'll advertise anything. Yeah. And watch a good show. Yeah. There's good shows. Yeah. Yeah. This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.